It is really a study of getting to know yourself deeply and help yourself. And then you can also uh, listen to the signs because all the answers are in the body. When there's a dis-ease or a disharmony, you can always find the cause in the body. So the more aware we become and the more we begin to understand, then we can more effectively go exactly to the locations that are most in need. And people really start to to play with it and start to just practice the flows and see which, which feel good one day and what feels good another day. And this is where it's an art. There, There's a great vast technique to it, but it's also as simple as starting holding the fingers and that being very effective. You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder podcast, episode 80, The Art of Jin Shin with Alexis Brink. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder podcast where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome, everybody, to the Soul Wonder Podcast. We are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. We have our very special kitties with us today, Avian and E.T. They're the best. (laughs) They're the best. They're like five months old, and we're in love with them. So really quickly, we just want to thank you guys for joining us, whether you have been with us for a long, long time or you're joining us for the first time. We're just happy that you've decided to share space with us today. As every other week, we do bring you wonderful interviews with amazing people up to wonderful things in the world. And it just keeps getting better. I swear, everybody we interviewed, they just fit right into the Soul and Wonder podcast. And today we do have Alexis Brink, who is the author of The Art of Jinshin and the president of Jinshin Institute in New York City. But before we get into that interview, I want to give you guys a friendly nudge to just hop on over to our iTunes and give us a review or subscribe on any platform that you prefer to listen to our podcast on. This really helps us out you know your support increases those numbers which means we get to get all the wonderful amazing guests that you guys are hoping to listen to and it also spreads this information quicker farther and wider so that everybody can have access to free content and make sure you give us a follow and a like on facebook at soul and wonder and also on instagram at soul and wonder love you guys are what makes this world go round All right. So Alexis Brink, like I said, she's the author of The Art of Jinshin and the president of Jinshin Institute in New York City. She has been a practitioner of The Art of Jinshin since 1991 and is a licensed massage therapist and interfaith minister and has taught self-help classes and workshops in New York City, as well as in different countries for many years. She's taught Jinshin in hospitals to nurses and to teachers and their students in the public school system, which I think is super cool. And today, Jinshin Institute, under Alexis's guidance, is offering a comprehensive curriculum to a new generation of practitioners and teachers. And when we got her book in the mail, I was just so excited to take a, you know, read through the whole entire thing before we interviewed her and 
really start putting some of her practices to work. And I can definitely say that they absolutely do work. And I recommend anybody um, who is looking for a new modality uh, and is into alternative medicine to take a look into this a lot deeper. I mean, in this interview, she really highlights a lot of different things, including her story of how she was introduced to such an ancient and secretive healing practice the energetics of Jinshin, how it works and what it can be used for. And she shares inspirational stories of healing that she herself has witnessed as well as everyday life hacks you can use today to start implementing the basics of Jinshin. Like Chris said, it's just wonderful to add another modality to the books, really. And to know that Jinshin is something that is not widely taught makes it even more intriguing. And it's so, so simple. You can't go wrong with it. So we hope that you guys enjoy Alexis and the wonderful energy she brings to the table, as well as the wealth of knowledge she provides on the art of Jinshin. See you at the end. All right, everyone, we're happy to bring Alexis on. We've just been chatting it up a bit about how she had two natural births. And since we're expecting soon, that's coming along our timeline. And uh, Alexis, I'm going to pick your brain a bit about labor and this and that with the art of Jin Shin. But first, of course, we should talk to our listeners all about what this even is. But thank you so much for coming on to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I know it's an exciting time for you. And I'm happy to be here at this moment in time to even discuss a little bit about your birth. It's all perfect. It's all perfect. It is. So what exactly is the art of Jinshin? And how did you specifically get introduced to it? It's a form of energy medicine that was uh, comes from Japan. And it's similar to acupuncture. But however, there are no needles involved. So you can use your two hands to um, either give a session to someone you love or uh, to work on yourself. And so this is what this book is about. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I mean, after going through the book, really, as I was saying off air, a lot of the things that you were explaining throughout the book and the way Jinshin works and the way the system works really resonated deeply with us. And so, you know, can you kind of just go into how this works maybe a little bit more specifically and how it works with the energetic system of the body and what that does for us when we practice it? Yeah, so the basic principle is that energy flows down the front of the body, and that has to do with our exhale. And then from the toes, it goes up the back, and that has to do with our inhale. So first of all, breathing is very important. So when we have, when we get uh, stressed in our daily lives, or um, uh, we have a bad diet, or a diet, or we are, um, the weather is very hot or too cold, or Sometimes uh, our energy gets out of balance and we get energetic blockages. And so by placing your hands of certain uh, specific areas on the body, you help to unblock these uh, stuck energy so the energy can flow freely again down the front and up the back and the body can heal itself. So that's the basic principle. So just by placing your hands, you get the energy to move and the body can heal itself. So it's really very simple in a way. It's almost like a uh, jump start cable <laughs> for a car, but on your body. Yes. 
we, we call our hands the jumper cables because uh, when I work on someone, I, I have a private practice as well where I treat people. When I place my hands on the body, it's not actually my energy that I'm giving or I'm not taking energy, but it's simply just harmonize the, when I place my hands, the, the energy uh, for the person begins to harmonize all by itself. Mm-hmm. As soon as I place my hands, the energy starts to move. And so that's very powerful. And then healing can begin to occur. Well, that's beautiful because you don't have to sacrifice any of your life force to hold that space for someone else to initiate their self-healing. Exactly. And I think people are aware, and certainly both of you are, that we are capable of, of healing ourselves, really, that we can mm-hmm. do so much ourselves, which is, which is really empowering to know that we can do so much ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so this is a simple way to uh, to activate. And I like what you said about the, lo- the life force. It is really rebooting and recharging our, our life force and bringing our bodies back into rhythm with universal energy, which is, again, where healing takes place. And so from what we understand, Jin Shin isn't, it's an ancient practice that isn't exactly widely known. So how did you get introduced to this practice? I just, yeah, people get to it in strange ways. I mean, let me say, first of all, that it's really my mission and the mission of my institute, Jinshan Institute, to put this practice on the map where it should be like known as Reiki and yoga and all these other practices because it is so simple and effective. But how I got into it, I was a dancer and I came to the United States when I was 18 from Holland, uh, hence my slight accent, (laughs) (laughs) even though I've been here so long. Um, and I had this knee injury and somebody, a friend of mine brought me to, to see this woman who, um, who did this energy work and I'd never heard of energy work before. And she said, so what's with you? And I said, well, I have this knee injury and she did something with my toes and I went back to rehearsals the next day. And she taught me how to do some simple holds on myself and I was able to completely, maintain a healthy knee and every time I would feel something come up I was able to to help it so I never had to stop dancing again and I took a workshop with her the following week she said why don't you take a workshop so you can work on your friend so I did and it completely changed my life I didn't really have a clue what she was saying all week because it was uh, you know, the technique is very fast and a bit complicated, but there was something about it that made so much sense to me. And it, it was really this connection to to source. And it made me feel like I was part of something bigger than myself. So that was the first thing that really uh, drew me into it completely. Mm. Wow. That's that's wonderful. And it it seemed like right off the bat that was your calling. And again, clearly it was your your mission to spread this art uh and this healing technique to the world. And again, like I mentioned in the beginning, this really resonated with us. And just kind of flipping through the book from from front to back, you know, we we start with the fingers and starting there. So can you kind of I think we'll probably run this a few different ways, go through um, some simple techniques, um, some ways in which we can practice that um, starting today into the more, uh, the different circulations moving through stomach and all the different organs of the body. But if you could start with the fingers and kind of explain what that does um, and how the energy moves through each of the different fingers. 
Yes. So Mary Burmeister, and she's the lady that brought uh, Jinshin Jitsu to the United States and to the West. She said that every dis-ease or disharmony begins with an emotional attitude. And so uh, by holding each of the fingers, you're helping an emotional attitude. And when you hold a finger, it helps uh, an emotion and it also helps two organ functions. So I will, let's, if we just practice, uh, let's say holding the thumb and you can just hold with your, let's say your right hand, whichever hand feels more comfortable to you, but you can hold your, let's say your right thumb. And there you're helping to harmonize the emotion of worry and worry uh, burdens the stomach and spleen energy. So just by holding the thumb, you're helping the stomach and spleen energy and digestion uh, and everything that comes with that. Spleen helps to boost the immune system. And so people ask me, how do you hold it? So you hold it, you can hold it gently right now. And what you will feel is a slight pulsation come up in the thumb. And that means that the energy begins to spiral and it spirals all the way to the center and then spirals back up to to surface so the pulse will change as you're holding it and you take a few deep breaths because breathing is very important uh, if there's no breath in the body the, the body the energy will not move so breathing is number one and then yes go ahead I was going to say we're doing this right now as you speak, and that pulsing is so vibrant and so alive. Yes. Yeah, so it's interesting. When you are, are pregnant, you're going also through different uh, uh, cycles of energy. And probably for you, holding the thumb is very good and very mm -hmm. settling and building your immune system and helping digestion because, you know, as your, your belly is growing, of course, it affects your digestion as well. And if you think about it, a baby, they often, when they come into the world, when they're little, they, they suck their thumbs. And so they are naturally helping to harmonize their digestion and self-soothing because holding the thumb is very calming. So that's basically how it, it works. And then let me just move through the emotions. The index finger helps to harmonize fear. So if you just hold that finger and take a few nice deep breaths. And it helps the kidney and bladder energy. Uh, and today we hear a lot about anxiety and young people. My kids are college-age kids, and they talk a lot about anxiety. So I always tell them to hold their index finger and breathe. And then the middle finger helps to harmonize anger, and it helps the liver and gallbladder energy. And also when you're very tired, the middle finger will help. It helps to fatigue flow in the body. And again, a few deep breaths. And then the ring finger helps to harmonize sadness and grief. And it helps the lung and large intestine energy. So if you have lung projects, you can just simply hold your ring finger. And sometimes um, when people are sad, they get some tightness in their lungs or in their upper chests because that's where the emotions tend to get stuck. And then the little finger helps the trying to's or too much efforting in life or deep emotional attitudes. And it helps the heart and small intestine energy.
And then the palm of the hand helps everything. So holding your all your fingers and your palm, you're helping the entire body. So that's a very, very easy way to begin practicing the art of Jinshin. And I really appreciate that that run through and that walkthrough that you gave us. So what, you know, I guess out of curiosity, just to start, so we're holding each of the fingers. That's something obviously we can do throughout the day, any time of the day, whenever. And how long are we holding each of these fingers? Is it just for a couple breaths or is it um, maybe longer than that? What does that look like? Yes, you can hold it for a couple of breaths and move through each of the fingers and palm. And that's, by the way, also very helpful for jet lag to use moved through all of the fingers. Um, or you can, you probably, at certain days, you feel uh, that you tend to go to a specific finger. And so that's fine, too. You can hold one finger for a couple of minutes if you have been uh, working really hard or trying really hard and efforting a lot. You may want to hold your a little finger for a while, or if you have a lot of anxiety holding your index finger for a while. And so you don't have to to do all of them uh, at once or at the same time. And I always say it's better to do like a minute of Jinshin than not at all, because, mm. yeah, you know, people do it on themselves all the time anyway. If you look around, like somebody will place a hand on their shoulder or holding an mm. upper arm or touching their forehead, like, oh, you know, I don't, uh, what what was that again? And trying to remember, well, that point between the eyebrows helps with mental clarity. So it is really an innate part of our being. Anyway, we come into mm-hmm. the world with this knowledge and it's just becoming aware of it again. And then I was like, oh, this feels really good today. And this is what I would like to hold today and bringing an awareness to it. Would someone have to have, an idea of what each part of these points represent for it to work effectively, or is it simply the energetic contact that does the cleansing? That's such a good question. Um, well, you, you don't have to know about it because, uh, like I said, people touch exactly what they need anyway, subconsciously, mm-hmm. but it's very interesting because it is really a study of getting to know yourself deeply and help yourself. And then you can also uh, listen to the signs because all the answers are in the body. When there's a dis-ease or a disharmony, you can always find the cause in the body. So the more aware we be- become and the more we begin to understand, then we can more effectively go exactly to the locations that are most in need. And people really start to to play with it and start to just practice the flows and see what, which feel good one day and what feels good another day. And uh, it, it, this is where it's an art. Like there's a, a, like I said, there's a great technique to it. And I've been practicing this for 30 years. There, there's a great vast technique to it, but it's also as simple as starting holding the fingers and that being very effective. And it sounds like, you know, it, paired with someone's intuitive nature, um, intuitive sense of oneself is what almost creates it as an art form because they're able to use it specifically for their body, mind, soul needs. Yeah, that's exactly right. And again, we all come into the world with this uh, intuition, really. It's just that then we start to think about it and doubt ourselves and put our mind to it and then it changes. So this really clears the mind. It's 
it's in effect it's the same uh what you achieve with meditation or yoga it's it's this place of really the zero place where you're just empty of your thoughts and the energy can flow freely so all these modalities greatly overlap in in that way Absolutely. And I guess to get into the deeper parts of the practice, which I would like to go into next, um, some of the flows that you talk about, uh, you know, when in your opinion or in your viewpoint, where do you see disease stemming from? So we talk about the different energy points and how they're related to these emotions. So are you of the belief that the emotions are then causing the energetic centers in those various areas of the body to become weak because of the holding on to those emotions, which then cause the physical manifestation of disease? I mean, that's one thing of it. Uh, the the right side of our body tells us about our lifestyle and daily stresses, uh, environment, diet. Um, yeah, most importantly, I think our daily lifestyle, which is so stressful and fast today. So if people have a lot of projects, and we call them projects rather than problems because you're, they're fun and you work with them. So projects, <laughs> when people get projects on the right side, it has to do with more with the lifestyle. When people get projects on the left side of their body, it has to do more with genetic predispositions or older traumatic incidents. It could be 20 years ago or five years ago or something like that. That would manifest more on the left side of the body. So emotions um, are a part of it uh, and not not all of it, but we all have them. And then you can ask, well, what if a baby comes in the world, into the world with a project? We can still look at it for either genetically or also maybe um, if the mom, when, when they're carrying the baby, if they get a cold in the third month, that has to do with a, a specific cycle of energy that the baby doesn't get the energy it needs in that month. So, yeah, the baby doesn't necessarily come into the world with emotions, although there is still already genetic predispositions and things that the mother went through, other father or other things that already affect the baby. Um, so does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. And so what if, and obviously, hypothetically speaking here, somebody is experiencing some sort of projects uh, in, on both sides of the body. So that's obviously a culmination of both the um, physical, the, the lifestyle portion, and then also the emotional um, slash genetic predisposition. Yes. Uh, and also we always looking for the balance between the right and the left side. So if somebody has projects on their left side and their left side is depleted, then the right side will start to overcompensate. And so often then they start to build projects on the right side. So in a session, I usually then start, uh, I can't say exactly because it totally depends on the person, but a way to treat it would be to start to break down the right side first to allow the left side to come up. So it's always the balance between the right side or the left side. Or maybe the left side is so empty and depleted that I would give a little something first on the left side so that the right side can tone down. 
oh, so it's always right. We get out of balance because either the right or the left side goes too fast or too slow. So it's always balanced between right and left side. That makes a lot of sense. And you, something struck me when you were speaking. Chris and I are both um, certified in Reiki. And I know that at a certain point through Reiki, you're able to do long distance healings. Is Jinshin mm-hmm. available in that regard? Or is this m- more effective when you're in person? Uh, personally, I do it in 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 person but there have been people that uh, i've heard they do it long distance and so energy is not limited to mm-hmm. put placing the hands on the body so in effect you you can do that yeah definitely mm-hmm. it, it's so funny because when i first heard that you could do any kind of energy healing from a distance i must admit i was skeptical um, i had a healthy dose of skepticism and it wasn't until i started practicing from a distance um, with not just myself and others, but them with me. And it was undeniable. Yeah. And I, w- I would have people who were also skeptical, but they had nothing to lose. So then we would experiment with this, these energetic modalities from afar. And the you're right, energy transcends time and space and all of those illusory constructs. Yeah, I, I think that is, uh, that is very true. And I think that as you as a Reiki practitioner, these modalities are very similar because you work with the universal energy. It's an energy that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily come from us as us being the source, but we tap into something larger. And then, yes, that is not limited to just our bodies. Or I mean, you can think about somebody and then they happen to call you at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, are there accidents? We don't know. There's so many questions mm-hmm. about these kind of Ab- things. Absolutely. And and I'm glad that you went through that a little bit. It definitely makes so much sense. Can you know, we are connected energetically, whether, you know, we can I guess the science is now proving it in quantum physics and all of that. And it's it's pretty amazing. But you know, I want to dive a little bit deeper into, you know, we we worked with the fingers and that's a great starting point. But then you talk about the SELs, the safety energy locations and the twenty-six SELs in the body and you know, how do those then flow into the organ flows that you talk about and and a little bit, I guess, deeper of a practice of Jinshin? Mm-hmm. Well, Jiro Murai, who's the father of Jinshin Jitsu, and by the way, Jitsu means art. So to make it more accessible, I'm calling this the book The Art of Jinshin. Um, he was the one that, um, uh, he did a lot of research and so he, identified these 26 safety energy locations and there are 26 on the right side of the body and 26 on the left side of the body and so when those 26 are open then there is harmony in the body so when we are human beings and we're not uh, only spirit and we tend to build up stuff these safety energy locations get blocked and they become like uh, little traffic jams and you can feel it for example if you touch the inside of your knee then you will feel that probably that one side is a little more congested than the other one so you can open that up by holding it gently so these these locations are about the size of the palm of your hand and then there's a bullseye in them so i like to always go to the 
bullseye. I find that most effective. And so Jerome Rai uh, created these flow patterns, which are a sequence of these safety energy locations. And when, for example, if you look at the stomach flow, there are a sequence of uh, several steps. And when those, uh, when you perform those steps on yourselves, when you practice that flow, then the whole energy pathway will open up just by holding uh, four or five or six safety energy locations in a specific sequence. So that's where it's different than, for example, in acupuncture, where there I think there are more than 300 points that they're working with. We're just working mm-hmm. with these 26 and the spine. So each vertebra on the spine and also on the uh, the ribs down the front. So that is one of the differences uh, with other modalities. Mm. Uh, each of these safety energy locations, they have a specific uh, practical meaning, what they help, but and they also have a, a spiritual meaning. So by understanding uh, which safety energy location is is uh, locked or congested, you can learn, again, a lot about yourself. Uh, from a spiritual perspective. And again, that's one of the beauties that got me interested in it. Uh, Again, to get to know about yourself. Yeah, it definitely makes so much sense too. You know, I like going through this and reading each of the SEL points, um, reading the descriptions as you provide in the book makes so much sense. So um, I have a kind of a two-part question. One would be, let's say I read SEL, whatever, I was pick a number. I read SEL six and it really resonated with me that maybe I'm experiencing some of the physical expressions and the universal meaning really just resonated with me. Would I then, outside of just the flows that we'll get into next, would that would I hold that point every day for a certain amount of time until I felt, I uh, guess, sort of release shift. or a shift? Yes, you can. You can. And uh, when you feel a congestion, you can just hold it till it opens. But to open very quickly, the body mm. wants to be in well-being. And when I treat people with pain and they're out of pain so quickly, even often after one session, they don't even remember it. Our body is meant to be uh, well and in a state of well-being. So when you find a congestion and you wait till it opens, you start to change and you feel different. Um, it's it's uh, it's really about bringing the individual, our individual lifestyle and our body into rhythm with universal energy. And uh, that rhythm feels feels really good. And I think we, most of us have experienced it. A lot of people today are doing yoga and, you know, when you walk out, you just feel so good and you feel in harmony. And uh, so holding these locations will bring you there. Mm. And, and that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and to your point and to talk a little bit deeper into the organ flow. So you have the 12 organ flows in the book and each of these organs obviously related to the, you know, spleen, to the liver, to the stomach, all the way on. So let's say we have possibly a physical manifestation of a problem in the stomach area. Would you suggest you know, obviously going through each of those, that flow, do you hold 
as long as you would like the fingers, like a couple breaths for each of the SEL points? Yes, it, it takes 20 minutes to complete a circulation pattern. So if you give yourself a stomach flow, then um, you can take 20 minutes to do that. And that will help the energy pathway of the, the stomach, which you can see flow from the cheekbone to the toes. And when that, this is pure energy. So when um, there's when you find something on the stomach pathway, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the stomach. Now, in turn, when you have a stomach issue, you can give yourself a stomach flow, and it may resolve it. But because you work with energy, it may be another organ function actually that is uh, burdening the stomach energy. So that's where the art comes in. It's like. What is the cause of the project? Because when when you have a stomach project, it's a symptom, right? And you need to get to the cause of it. And so yep. uh, that is something that you can find out and learn also through this practice. So that would be generally going through possibly the 12 different organ flows and feeling what resonates most. And then, so each yes. of the actual flows that you have, you have multiple steps. Some have four, some have six, some have seven. So if you say 20 minutes, you would essentially divide that 20 minutes by the number of, of steps yeah. or points. And then you work on that point for X amount of time until you reach the 20 minute marker. You can, um, but you can also do it shorter. Again, there's not, there's not, not really any rules as, as when you, when you feel the pulsation, then the energy begins to move and it continues to move by itself. So you can already go to the next spot. So if you have only 10 minutes to practice Jinshin, or even if you have a minute, you can do it because the energy will start to move and uh, it, it begins to flow down the front and up the back. It starts to release already by itself. So um, ideally, and when you get more into the technique, you can practice 20 minutes. A lot of my, my clients, they practice an hour on themselves every day and they start to explore all of the flows. They're loving it so much and they're just starting to explore what feels good to them. And certain days you do this flow and other days you do that flow. And, or you can create a daily self-help routine. Uh, personally, I always work with the main center source. Did you see that one? It's called the first three. Yeah. Yeah. So those are more in the beginning. Those are pure source energy. So they are not uh, pathways yet like the stomach uh, flow because you don't see a pathway illustrated where, for example, the stomach flow is a pathway. It's like a meridian. You can already see mm -hmm. the flow pattern. The first three are not. So those flows are pure source energy and they are, they are always perfect. So if you do the main center source, which is the one that I do every day on myself, it helps the whole endocrine system. Uh, it helps your, your entire body. It sets you up for the day. And my teacher says, don't leave home without it. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. It really just gets you going. So that's a really nice one to do for you, for, for both of you. What I love about this art form is that it really increases one's self-perception and self-awareness of what it is that they truly need each passing moment. And it gives them room to experiment. And it doesn't, doesn't sound like there's any risk involved. Like, oh, no, you're going to you know, screw up your entire energetic yeah, body. If, absolutely. If you do the different flow. Yeah, that's very true. 
Yeah, and I also, in the back of the book, there's 70 symptoms. So people who are just interested more in a quicker fix, uh, I have those mm-hmm. too. So you can make it a daily practice or a daily routine, or uh, you can take it wherever you want, or or take a simple uh, hold, which is just one step where you hold two SELs together. Um, and those I call holds, and then the flow patterns are I call flows. So that, So that's the difference. Wonderful. Yeah. I mean, the book is super straightforward and informational. I mean, it's anybody could really pick this up and read it and get through it. And it's just, it's great. It's such a wealth of, of information that I think everybody can benefit from. And so throughout all of these years that you've been practicing Jin Shin and helping to uh, facilitate healing for others, what are some, maybe just a few powerful stories of healing uh, that you can share with our listeners that you've experienced yourself or through other people? Yeah, so some I put in the book, but of course I have more. Um, one story we didn't put in the book because it was too, uh, almost like, oh, too unbelievable, but I'm going to tell you. Not a- <laughs> you like <those> <laughs> yeah, so um, I was sitting on the airplane and... Uh, you know how they announce, like, is there a doctor? And so I always go and check because the doctors, they always, they have uh, limited uh, access to medical assistance. So I, they always go, oh, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? And then the person is completely uh, unconscious or they fainted. So I go and I sit and I hold their force. I hold the back of their head. So anyway, so they called and the doctor was there. So there was this man who was completely out and he was lying they put over three chairs and uh, he was really unconscious. And so I, ho- I held the back of his head and he came back after a couple of minutes. And so I, I went back to my seat and... Um, when I went to my seat, there was this lady lying down in front of the, the toilet and she also had fainted. So I started to work on her. And by that time, the whole uh, crew started to come around me. And uh, after a few minutes, the woman came back. Same points that I held, just on the back of the, the head. And so then I turned around and this lady behind me, she started to collapse as well. And the crew was like, can you come here? Can you come over here? Can you help her? And I'm like, okay, hold on one minute. Let me just finish with this lady. And so she got up. And so the other lady, she went flat on the, on on the floor. And um, so then I was holding the back of her head and she also came back and the guy that was sitting next to me, he was watching all of this and he was from Israel and he was jumping up and down. He's like, Oh my God, you're bringing all these, people back this is so amazing and I think that that is one of the that was one of the fun stories or fun I mean it wasn't at the time but it was good that they all came back and they were all fine too did you ever find out what was the cause of their fainting well the the yeah I asked her to it I said it was there something in the food and she said no because then a lot more people would have gotten sick the first man was much more serious because I actually did have to go back to him they called again and he was not good at all so I held actually some other points to help his heart um and so uh in the end he was again he was fine i mean probably eventually he has to go to the hospital but his son was thanking me so much and so he was okay and the ladies i guess it wasn't very very serious um they had just fainted i'm not sure exactly why but uh, i have many stories about fainting people collapsing on the street and all of that but then also just in my my practice um one more story um 
a neighbor who's 80 years old, he came to visit me and he said he's had neck and shoulder pain for 20 years and every night it would wake him up. And just after one session, I came, I bumped into him the following day. And he's like, you're a miracle worker. You're a miracle worker. And he, he was out of pain. So just a lot of stories like that. So those are wow. easy projects. Then I also, of course, work with um, more complicated projects like uh, cancer or serious heart projects or things like that. And, you know, that is people. People usually continue with this work because it's, it's so nice and they start to really love it and makes them feel better. But even clients who are on radiation or chemotherapy, they can work on themselves every day and keep their blood counts up and keep their immune system up and, and you know, get rid of the fatigue, and which is very empowering when you have a big label to be able mm. to help yourself. I love that you've made this information so widely accessible um, because it it we should all have access to these types of modalities to be able to initiate our own self-healing. And I know that it's also beneficial to work with someone as well because the power of that co-creation kind of amplifies things. Do you think so too? I, I think so too. And I, yeah, you notice as a Reiki practitioner, um, it's a little bit wor- different when you work on yourself, but it's very mm-hmm. good to maintain your body and uh, you can't go every day to a practitioner. So um, there's a lot you can do on your own as well. And I just like to give you some tips also for the baby and for you. I was just about to ask. I was like, wait a minute. Let me ask for selfish reasons and for any pregnant women listening to this right now. The great thing is, is that this podcast will be out into the cloud space forever. And there will be plenty of pregnant women that listen to this. So it's, (laughs) it's beneficial for them all. Wonderful. (laughs) I love that. So, um, well, one of the things that you can do when you're going to be there, right, to help Sarah there? Yes, yes. he will be there you for can, sure. Yeah. Um, one of the things is to, you can hold the back, the back of the knees. They help to open up the sacral area. So you can hold the back of the knees. That's one thing. And then the other thing is you can hold uh, the sacrum and the, the, let's say, the right sacrum and the la- left back of the knee. And uh, that will help to open up the sacrum. So um, that's a very nice thing to do. And then when the baby is born, you can hold the back of the head of the baby. Because Mm -hmm. the fours, their safety energy location four, they are called the bridge. And they're the bridge between consciousness and unconsciousness. And the bridge between, it will help to bring the baby into this world. And so that's a beautiful thing to do is to just simply put your index finger right on the back of the head of the baby. And that will help them to transition beautifully into the world. And then if the baby would be colicky, you can hold the back of the knees as well. That helps digestion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. if you have a baby, yeah, that's, I mean, this could be at any point, a baby that's, like you said, colicky, just hold the back of the knees for a short time, and that should yeah. really help. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, that's good to know. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people will thank you for that one. <laughs> yeah. What about um, pain relief, perhaps during surges or contractions? Uh, for any kind of pain, you can sandwich the ankle, so you can 
put one hand on the inside of the ankle and the other hand on the outside of the ankle. That's so you have the book. So it's SEL five and sixteen together, and that helps mm. to relieve uh, the the that helps to bring out the natural painkiller. And that's for any kind of pain for any of the listeners for any kind of pain. That helps. And nurses use it a lot in the ER. Nurses who are into gentian, they use it a lot in the ER or, or they teach it to the, the family members who are there. So, yeah, wow. so, so that will be helpful. And um, what's also nice is the inside of the knees for you when you're in labor. Mm-hmm. The inside yeah. of the knees will be nice and it will help to bring the energy down. So that's nice well, too. You. Thank you so much for those tips. And we really just, I mean, this, this conversation flowed so effortlessly speaking with you. And again, really just want to say thank you for all the work that you're doing and for the book. And I, if anybody is obviously anybody that's listening, I highly recommend getting the art of Jinshin and this should be on everyone's shelf. I definitely, uh, Thank you. Really just, again, resonated with it and, and appreciate everything you're doing. And so where where can people find you? And I know you said you're in New York City, but do you have a website and, and other, are you on social media? Where can yes. people follow you? Yeah, I'm a lot on, so I do a lot of uh, Facebook live and teaching on uh, on social media. So we have a page called Jinshin Institute. And uh, so people can join that and have a study group, Jinshin Institute study group as well. And we're on Instagram and Twitter and all of the social medias as well. Or uh, they can contact us at uh, support at jinshininstitute.com. That's our our uh, our website is jinshininstitute.com. And um, yeah, j- just one more thing. Did you see the picture of the baby and the mom? In the book, in, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a newborn, and uh, so if you look at the hold that she's doing, that's the natural hold when you're breastfeeding, mm-hmm. and so, uh, so yeah, please use that because people are doing all this um, multitasking and they use a pillow and then breastfeed, but the natural hold is the perfect hold for a baby that harmonizes that cycle of energy. So, um, yeah, please, please hold the baby a lot. (laughs) You know, that's funny because intuitively something kept telling me not to get a nursing pillow and I'm not sure why, but everybody's like, you need to get a nursing pillow. You need to get a nursing pillow. I was like, I just, something's telling me not to get one. This is exactly why. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. And so just look at that hold in, uh, with the mom and the baby there. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, for spreading this beautiful art form, and for taking time out of your lovely day to share space with us on our podcast. Well, thank you both so much and wishing you all the all the best with everything. Such a lovely energetic healing art form. I'm really glad that Alexis has taken it upon herself to make this her calling and to bring this information across the world. And We just realized something as we've been, you know, closing out 2019, getting ready to welcome in 2020 that all of our podcast episodes, like the last like seven or eight of them refer heavily to me being pregnant. You guys probably think I'm just perpetually pregnant. (laughs) When is she ever going to have this baby? It's hilarious because I'm actually pregnant right now as we record and prepare these episodes to be released 
during the first few months of our baby's life so that we don't have to um, take too much time out of our day to put this up and make this available. We're doing all the work now. So by the time you hear this interview, I'll have already had the baby in September of 2019 and we'll be just settling in a new parent life. So this podcast episode wraps up 2019 for us as we take a little bit of a break, spend some time with our families, our new baby, and just enjoy the holidays. But we are planning on bringing in 2020 with a bang. We already have wonderful guests scheduled and booked ready to interview. So remember, we love your feedback. Leave us a review. Let us know. What are your favorite episodes? What were your favorite episodes of 2019? What do you particularly enjoy about the Soul and Wonder podcast? What would you like us to improve? What kind of guests would you like us to bring more of on? So communicate with us. Let us know. Leave us a review and we will do everything we can to enhance this experience for you. You guys enjoy the rest of your year. Get the art of Jin Jin and follow us on social media at Soul and Wonder on Facebook and Soul and Wonder.